0: We are so happy you found your way here to the western spiral arm of the galaxy, to this relatively unimportant, small, beautiful place, Park, Mindenberg. And I'm just as excited as you are, and I'm so much looking forward to meet my old friends, to meet new friends, to learn new stuff, to discover the campsite, and to drink one, two or twenty-three chunks together with you. And I'm here since several days, I think since day minus four, and I already had the chance to see um, the impossible made possible by a group of incredibly dedicated volunteers that have brought us power, water and the internet! A big applause for this group of volunteers that have brought us to camp!
1: Every four years, a massive collection of curious and creative minds from all over the world make their way to a green space outside of Berlin where they build a temporary physical community made up of people who, for most of the year, are only a virtual one. It's here at Hacker Camp that, over the course of a week, they share their work, inspire one another, learn something new, relax, play, swim, or simply drink tea with friends. The event the Chaos Communication Camp, an open-air event where the ideas go far beyond the tents and blinking lights to a larger world where questions of privacy, information, rights, democracy, and more are so often being decided for us behind closed doors. Today, we explore this event and what it's about and what impact it has. From Wikimedia Deutschland, I'm Mark Fonseca Rendeiro, and this is Source Code Berlin, the Camp Edition. And one nice thing about
2: this whole CCC uh, organization and uh, camp and congress events is that hacking is not just about computers. I mean, if you already wandered around a campsite, if you wandered around a congress, you will see people with uh, doing gorilla knitting uh people bake uh, making pancake robots okay there is some computer involved i admit it <laughs> but you know there's like a, it has a political dimension a social dimension hacking is more a mindset than just like bits and bytes and everything right so um you know one example for that would be uh that people would you know, buy a furniture from Ikea and it comes with a manual and it says like, okay, this is how you build your Billy bookshelf. And then they build it and they're happy ever after. <laughs> Where the hacker goes like, well, isn't that just a part, like some pieces of woods? And can we not just combine them or maybe modify them? You know. Or you have this idea that you want to make a, choco- a mousse au chocolat, but the recipe says you need a mixer for that, and you don't have a mixer. Some people in this world, they would actually go like, hmm, well, then I might not have a mousse au chocolat. Where the heck of mine said, you know, we go for this stuff.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I think one of my friends who stays in Berlin told, uh, was talking about this huge, massive camp of uh you know to- uh, thousands of people where they gather together and have this um, have this agenda of you know uh talking ha- uh, hacking with some activism mm-hmm. and i love that idea i, I love uh, having some sense of purpose and having an agenda having some integrity and i think that's what at- uh, attracted me to this and, and a lot of people are not in that area of uh, of hacking Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah, they're mostly in the non-activist area of hacking so most of them have not heard of this
0: since then i've visited numerous ccc events and i've seen things i've seen people sending a signal to the moon back and forth because they can. I've seen a pancake robot, I saw a stormtrooper on an escalator, I saw people partying hard on a water cannon, I saw an entire congress being built from scratch just because thousands of volunteers wanted to contribute something. And in all those years, four years, there's this one feeling or this one thought that has really never really left my mind. And that is, you might know it, some of you, this very particular thought. And that is, what the heck did I just see there? What, I, I don't even, I, what? Uh. (laughs) And this is something that I warmly invite every one of you, even those that are used to all crazy kinds of shit happening around them. Embrace that feeling. Take day one as a chance to wander the campsite and be basically like a puppy. Be amazed by everything that you see and devour all the impressions. I guarantee you, it is worth it.
1: Embrace that feeling, be amazed, the wise advice of Fiona Krakenberger at the opening event of CCC 2015, and before that we heard from Chin May of Wikimedia India, and before that, Huckle, describing the hacker mentality that goes beyond technology. All this to set the stage, as we start down the road of explaining this unique event, why people come here, and what it's all worth. A community that actually goes back over 30 years for some and less than a year for others. And of course, a whole new generation, hundreds of hacker children who are already soldering and playing with microcontrollers.
4: The first camp I went to was totally life changing for me. And the second one really was in many ways, too.
1: You may recognize the voice of Mitch Altman, celebrated teacher and pioneer in the realm of teaching people how to make things and, of course, hacker spaces.
4: After being through the two camps and all the changes that ensued from them, this one probably didn't change my life in any big ways, but it was really cool to be part of uh, the process of helping it change other people's lives because so many people were telling me how this is... A transition for them from what they have been doing in their life, and they're seeing things in very different ways now. In fact, there are several people there who told me they're definitely quitting jobs that they really didn't like and are looking forward to what's next and camp is a fantastic transition for things like that so um, yeah it's um, it really is amazing to be around five thousand people, mostly who are doing and playing and working on things that they really Find meaning in doing, um, you know, and that's that's part of what was so life changing for me the first time I went to it in 2007. Uh, it's so different. Unfortunately, it's so different than society at large, which is a vast majority of people just doing things just to get by, and definitely not doing it because they really love it. But being surrounded by people doing all these things I really love doing is so high. It's really amazing. And it's very inspiring, and the first camp was really when I started seeing that a lot of people really want to learn what I love teaching, which is soldering and how to play with electronics. And I brought a few soldering irons to camp, and I was just mobbed the whole time and had tons of fun. And um, sheesh, the... uh, now, I, that's what I do most of the time, three-fourths of this year is being on the road teaching and giving talks and helping other people with their projects and uh, even now more playing sort of mentor for people who want help with whatever aspects of what they're doing in their life. And I don't know, I just really love doing that in camp. There's just so much of that. And, you know, of course, I'm not the only one doing these kinds of things. Are, oh, so many people are doing it each in their own way. And that also is just really, really high uh, but this camp was just personally affirming for me, there were five different people who, I presume, didn't coordinate this. they don't They didn't know each other, I think. Um, but each of these five people came up to me and thanked me personally for teaching them how to solder either four or eight years ago. And uh, now they they told me each in their own way that they didn't really know much about soldering or electronics before. But these five people are now making a living with electronic hardware projects that they really love. And they, they said that I had something to do with that, which makes me feel great.
1: A life-changing experience, people quitting their jobs and pursuing or rediscovering their dreams. It may sound a little hard to believe if you've never been there, but year after year we see examples of people who within the hacker community found their purpose and even transformed theirs and the lives of others.
4: Uh, My name is Mike Caprio and I am a software developer, uh, an instructor, and a community organizer uh, like many of you out there in the audience. But since I first became involved in space hacking uh, just three years ago, I've been an advisor for NASA and the White House Office of Science and Technology Policy, and was selected for a brainstorming team focused on rallying the world's resources to defend the Earth from asteroids. And I'm here to tell you that you too can become a space hacker.
5: So again, uh, I'm going to be talking today about satellite imagery in agriculture, uh, questioning privacy, data protection, and autonomy in the field. Um, and there's two separate areas that are interconnected that I want to talk about and the first is the data security issues of uh, farmers using software and farm technology, which have the possibility of collecting using and selling their information and then also the tension between privacy and transparency with the given availability of satellite imagery in agriculture. Um, and for some hobbies, um, I play around with uh, Tears the Coils. Um, And what I want to try and show you this evening is a bit of demonstration and discussion about trying to make coils um, perhaps a bit more musical. Um, And as you can see, the the musician is physically and and logically isolated uh, from the coil because we don't want to, to kill the musician, that's bad form.
6: Focuses for me, it really is community. It really is very important for us, for all of us, geeks or not, we all need community in our lives. You know, that's why we're here rather than just at home on the internet, right? So as a species, we no longer need community to survive as we once did long ago, but we still need community to feel like our lives are important, to feel like we're part of something bigger than ourselves. And with hackerspaces, even with all the cool blinky lights and projects and tools, it's the community that brings people together, rather than just sitting at home alone, typing on your keyboard or holding a soldering iron or a sewing machine.
7: I feel like there's something that's much more like active and inspired about the European, like particularly the Berlin hacker scene, as well as the global hackers who tend to get attracted to um, what's going on around here.
1: That's Anna Waldman Brown, an education entrepreneur, writer, science aficionado who came to Hacker Camp two years ago in the Netherlands to talk about her work and the culture of reusing and repurposing in West Africa. And she's been present at almost every related gathering since then. And like Mitch, Anna also sees these gatherings as part of a larger journey or an evolution, if you will, towards something with a lasting global effect.
7: The, the idea of those, that gathering is to share ideas and really think more deeply about who we are and what's happening with this movement towards, very loosely speaking, the democratization of the tools for innovation and um, technology. It's something that maybe emerged out of CCC and the Berlin scene, but it's not at all exclusive to Berlin or the German hackers. And so it's really, it's really an attractor for, you know, I have a couple colleagues, um, friends, people. I went and talked to about an education program in um, West Africa three years ago at the Stanford D School, and she popped up here. Um, and it it's really bringing all what I feel are the right people together um, and it's 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 action oriented in a way that a lot of conferences aren't, whether that's let's create you know a massive um, projection onto all of the domes and stick LEDs everywhere um, and have turn everything into a giant crazy blinking lights um, or You know, they're really teams that form to create communities and create projects that will definitely continue outside of the camp, which you don't get at a lot of conferences where everyone gets together and proposes things. Like, oh, it would be nice if someone were to blah, blah, blah. Um, But the spirit of what Mitch Altman likes talking about is duocracy and hackerspaces, where as long as you're not completely impinging on someone else's rights or interests, you are really just expected to go out and do stuff mm. and make things happen.
8: So we came together some few of us and said we should form some kind of a small structure from the refugee perspective to go out to our German friends to explain to them essentially what is the laws on refugee, particularly dealing with the, their living conditions on um, or how they survive on a day-to-day basis. Not just about reading the law, but how do we survive? And um, we spent a lot of years. We did a lot of demonstrations. We did a lot of workshops, seminars in the universities, going around and talking. But after two years, some of us found out that um, we are easily pulled out there to go and talk about our problems. We do a lot of actions. But when we come back to these socially quarantined places called Ubergang we were completely cut off. We were weak. Most of our friends don't really know where we live and what is the real situation. And so me and some of the others, we said we should walk we should try and empower ourselves. We should look on a structure that has to, we should develop a concept that has to do with pulling the civil society from the center back to the periphery where the refugees live. And parallel to that, I used to have phone calls or sometimes from my family in Africa. And they'll say, Eben, can you give me your your email address? Because email is cheap mobile phone is expensive, we can't call you. And I didn't know how to tell them that where I'm living, I don't have access to a computer. Actually, I've never touched a computer. And I found it a little bit shameful that you are in Germany and you've never used a computer or you you cannot access a computer and I talked to some of uh, some of our political friends, some young students at the Technical University in Berlin, that how is it possible that I can go and learn how to use a computer? And they told me that, uh, well, Eben, there is a little place in Berlin at that time, around 1999, 2000, uh, in Grunberger Strasser, used to call it low-tech, and that, you could go there and explain to them that you want to learn how to use a computer. So I went there and, and talked to them and said that well, it's not only me as Eben as a, uh, that I have this problem. But I found out that many refugees have the problem. They want to, you know, communicate with their family, get information, just basic information on how you can um, find your way out in an in a in a in a new environment. And they said, well, we have only five PCs here. You could come here and actually come and learn how to create an email, use a computer. So I went back uh, to the students and said, well, I live in Brandenburg and I don't know how to come to Berlin. So they said, well, we'll see how we can help you. And that's how the five first refugees came to Berlin to group Berger Strasse for three months. We learned how to use a computer on basic things, create an email, how to access search engines, get information. And then our idea was that we should go back to the Heim and see how it is possible for us to install or put such communication access within these spaces and to help the majority of the refugees.
1: While always being a place for fun and games, as both Anna and Chubin remind us, Chaos Communication Camp is also a place where global and local issues are discussed and real solutions are thought out and implemented. Beyond being a place for talk, it is also a place for action.
9: Many of us don't have 9-to-5s and um, many of us don't differentiate really between a hobby, a job, you know, is this something you do in your free time or something that's calling? And especially I think many of the political activists involved who have sort of dedicated their life to internet freedom issues and and therefore there are many in-betweens, many grays, and not so many black and whites when it comes to defining if this is work or play.
1: That's Geraldine Debastian. You may know her from such fantastic international projects as Republika, the conference that takes place every year in Berlin.
9: On the one hand, I'd say that is fantastic. Um, There was a journalist, Kain Biamman, who wrote a very good article, I think, summing up camp as the utopia that many of us would wish to live in, in terms of having a society where everybody's tolerated and can be themselves and we do what we love. So I think all of that is fabulous. And on the other hand, I had a couple of moments where I wished, and maybe this was also because it was my first camp, that I could see even more work. There were so many fun inventions that we discovered, like that mate robot or the pancake robot. Um, but I had to look a bit harder to find things that weren't just playful tinkering, but substantial inventions, let's say, that people working on. I know they're all out there, but I know that a couple of people criticized that even in the closing of the camp, it was just the fun facts that sort of focused on rather than the really cool work that we're
2: actually all doing together as well. Uh, This is what I've developed for the last two and a half years. It's a Yak laser. It operates at the wavelength of uh, 1,064 nanometers, which is near infrared, which is perfect and amazing for metals. You can engrave, you can... Uh, you can do a lot of things with, uh, also with plastics. This machine got me started into the laser world and gave me the passion for, for laser marking. And I love it when, I've seen it a lot of time, it's a, it's like the washing machine and kids effect. You put a kid in, in front of a washing machine when it runs and the kid stares like this. So this is the same with the laser beam. I can't w- stop watching, I love it.
9: So I run this network called the Global Innovation Gathering, which brings together different spaces, hub managers from across the world. These are hacker maker spaces, fab labs, innovation hubs, startup incubators, so a real diverse network, all consisting of people in spaces that want to support their local tech communities and um, yeah, further d- digital um, technologies in their countries and we have our annual gathering at Republica each year but because the network has grown into a really vibrant community that interacts throughout the year and wants to do cool stuff together not just at Republica we decided to host a small gig as we call them at camp this year so we brought together 10 people from all kinds of different places like iraq and kenya and india to get together and come together as a group and network amongst each other also of course come and share in the camp experience and one reason behind this is that I believe that we have these fantastic events but often look at things from a very Euro or US centristic perspective and also it's sometimes hard for people from other corners of the world to attend them so it's a attempt to help diversify an event like the CC camp and also um, I believe that people in corners of the world that you sometimes look at are working at fantastically interesting things and so giving them a chance to share their inventions and ideas um, is important to me and another reason why i try to do these things i mean people we have from iraq they traveled outside of their region for the first time ever and of course in many ways coming to not just germany but coming to a space like camp is a culture shock but at the same time we're all sort of we share so many ideas and Um, and values in this community. And so it was fascinating for me to see how people, despite it being a first time experience and a completely different universe than the one they live in at home, found it really easy to exchange and to bond and approach people. And that says a lot of great things about camp community, but also about people with that sort of innovative, Um, an open mindset um, that are also part of the GIG community, which is really beautiful for me to see how that can come together. We found that such a network just doesn't exist. There are regional hub networks or networks amongst hubs that are one of kind, like Fab Network or Impact Hub Network, but really creating um, exchange between spaces, also with different philosophies. Um, There wasn't anything like that around. So um, creating an opportunity for people working on... A, the creation of such spaces, but also the inventions that happen inside them and really making sure that a global exchange and the you know, sense of open technologies, open um, learning resources between these hubs is the central aim of the network. Um, and I, I think creating sort of opportunity, I think also really believe in the physical coming together. So there's so much you can do as a virtual community within that but then creating experiences where people actually meet each other and form friendships that will sort of make sure that this community lasts in its virtual phases is really important too.
1: By now you can see one of the main messages from amongst all the voices featured on today's show, an inclusive community that lasts, grows, learns, and takes action, with lots of interpretations and variations on how to do that. Which brings me to the question, what's the lasting legacy of CCC 2015?
4: um much of mainstream society is wanting to make use of what hackerspaces and what we do at camp, making use of this to, for the benefit of other people uh, at schools, certainly at libraries in the United States they're embracing these kind of things and they want to make this available so that people can have opportunities that they wouldn't have had otherwise. Schools, unfortunately, in most countries and definitely in the U.S., are pretty awful and they don't really teach things that are worthwhile. They just try to get people to do better on standardized tests. But still, there are some educators, some administrators that want to give opportunities for people, even at schools. Imagine that. So um, they're actually asking me and many other people to do workshops or give guest lectures or after school programs. And I've been doing that a lot and it's really great. And in October I'll be going to uh, China where I've been bringing groups of people every year and there are all these Chinese bureaucrats and mostly in the Ministry of Education who are totally into using these aspects for hands-on, project-based, you know, play-based learning because it's so effective. And, uh, and then actually when I get home uh, at the beginning of November, November, there's going to be a contingent of a whole bunch of Chinese students and educators and bureaucrats who are going to visit Noisebridge to visit a real hackerspace to make use of this in China. And the irony of this is just wonderful, you know. Noisebridge is an anarchist hackerspace, explicitly so, and they know it. And they're coming; these Chinese bureaucrats are coming to an anarchist hackerspace in San Francisco to learn how to make China better. So this this stuff does have an effect, and um, yeah. And one one thing I didn't mention before about the the um, uh, the effect of um, camp for me and other people. In 2007, one of the life-changing things for me is that I had the inspiration to start uh, Noisebridge, one of the early hacker spaces in the US, along with um, Bree uh, starting NYC Resistor in New York and Nick starting Hack DC in DC and um, Pharmacon starting uh, the Hacker in Philly and a few others and we all helped each other do that and it turns out that this is the beginning of a movement. We didn't even know this, but wow, you know, now I spend most of my time at hackerspaces and so many people are having so many amazing opportunities to improve their lives at hackerspaces. And as fast as all of this has grown over the last eight years, that's, we have about 2,000 listed on hackerspaces.org, hackerspaces listed there, and um, that's not enough. So I've been pushing for how do we come together to help people create more because clearly people want this. And at the camp this year, I revisited what inspired me, which is a talk about how to start your own hackerspaces called the hackerspace design patterns and updating them with eight years more of experience, collective experience from these like, you know, up to 2000 hackerspaces, we've learned a lot and it's worth sharing that. So there's an ongoing group now as a result of this to come together and publish that and to revamp hackerspaces.org as a central place where everyone who's curious or is running a hackerspace or is wanting to start a hackerspace can come and get help from other people doing similar. So uh, yeah, it's kind of exciting. Um, Things are moving forward in ways that we never could have predicted uh, eight years ago or even four years ago.
3: What I loved about the whole camp and uh, what I got to see uh, firsthand was the fact that people openly talking about issues, identifying with them and taking a stand, which is usually not the case in the parts of the world that I live in. So there, there is more uh, hushing of things. There is more, uh, you know, uh, there are no open talks and certain... Uh, Aspects like privacy, uh, security—these are things that 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 are not even uh, understood. Or, uh, or even e- if you look at, uh, if you understand the aspects of feminism or ha- hacker spaces or hacker movement or make a movement, it's it's understood in a totally different context, and it, it's not uh, the European way or the. Uh, democratic way that is being done in, in a camp so that's something I got to see uh, firsthand and I which makes me believe that it's possible that that can be uh, done anywhere in the world mm-hmm. That's my big takeaway and you, you you get these collaborations and these
7: friendships that are built around a mutual admiration for you know the hacking of technology the creation of new things. Um, and then that, that sharing and that empowering of anyone else who
3: wants to come into this space or to learn these tools or to join these communities. One of the things that surprised me was, um, I was in this session. Uh, I had no idea about how to set up, uh, build a radio or set up a radio station. And I ended up in this session where I, I went to the pirate radio session. And I went a little early so I was looking for the session and I met this one guy and he's like if you want to set up a radio station I can tell you all about it and he sat with me for one hour and told me all about setting up a radio station this is something I I don't get to see in other places I'm not seen at least this is my first time that someone has sat with me without an agenda in mind but to just sit there and tell me or educate me something that they know And I would like to know what I would do or not do with it is not what he had in mind. It was just exchange of ideas. Yeah,
0: Yeah. so I love that. It was an excellent adventure. Excellent work had been done. Excellent parties have been partied. Excellent hacks have been hacked. But above all, I feel like an excellent conduct was displayed. I cannot put in words how incredibly... I appreciate the way that people have been treating each other. So many people approached me and told me that they've been having an incredible time also because of their feeling so respected and everybody was so supportive and helpful. Some people even said they've never felt so safe and secure ever before. A feeling that I can confirm and I think something that we as a community can be incredibly proud of.
6: The world really does need hackerspaces. We need to create and we need community, and hackerspaces brings this together and makes it available, these opportunities for everyone. In this room, we probably all have this opportunity, or most of us anyways. Many of us have probably even started hackerspaces. So we have to um, make more, I think. Not every one of us, but if we can help other people who want to start more, then maybe some percentage, ideally all seven billion people in the world have this opportunity that we have. I don't know what will happen, but I think it's worth a try to, to, to help let this grow even further.
9: I'm sure you have the same experiences working in different universes and sometimes you're in one and you think like, wow, yes, we are getting there, political mindsets are changing, the way organizations work are changing, this whole philosophy of openness is being incorporated into um, other parts of society and concepts and people are starting to think about how to move on." In a, into a better world and then, then you venture into other more traditional um, realms and think oh my goodness nothing has changed at all and we're living in this sort of bubble and make believing that we're, we're we're getting somewhere I do think that there are many positive institutional changes I can see that in the political area that I work in most development corporation that there are new mindsets and and a greater understanding of what we're trying to preach in terms of open approaches, participatory approaches, using open technologies to facilitate those. But it's still a really, really long way to go.
3: Certainly, in the community, uh, there has been a change of the perception. Uh, uh, you know, in the way they perceive me or they see me. Um, usually, it's. Um, When they look at people doing things, uh, they see uh, the other conferences they go to, which are technology conferences or formally organized conferences. And uh, when they see me going to these hacker camps and when I start posting all these interesting things, they love it and uh, they'll have that acceptance and they have that inspiration to go to the next one mm. so uh, yeah, that's one. Hacks yeah, yeah Hill Hacks is this um, unconference that happens in India that's also in Hacker Cons uh, that started last year so it's a fairly new concept wherein um, all hackers flock to this one remote place in Himalayas and spend a week together and work on various ideas so it's not as evolved, but yes, uh, people do go there and spend a week, which is a huge thing.
7: yeah they brought over one of the I went to the talk last night there's a panel discussion about Hill hacks. Um, they brought over one of the main CCC organizers who'd been working with this hacker camp for a while and so she came and brought a guy to go set up the internet who is um, also a German who's well experienced with trying to wrangle internet connections in the middle of nowhere out here. Um, They had even more difficulties and you should definitely, if you're interested in ridiculous stories of internet connectivity, there there are some exciting things about monkeys.
1: You're listening to Source Code Berlin from Wikimedia Deutschland. I'm your host, Mark Fonseca-Rendeiro, as we go over some of the lessons learned, the random adventures, and the long-term outcomes of this Chaos Communication Congress 2015, which took place earlier this month just outside of Berlin. Thousands of eager and curious individuals living together, and a few of them featured here on the program today. Now, if you didn't have an impression of the event before, you surely have one now. Perhaps you were there, and these things sound familiar. Or perhaps you found a good shady spot under a tree, and you didn't notice these things. You noticed something else. This is just one additional way to get into a world that many are not familiar with, often and still discouraged by tabloid mass media myths that these are the dangerous criminals and if you're not into computers and harming others, this somehow would not be for you. As you've heard on the program today, it is very much the opposite, very much a mission to build something where everyone can be included and respected.
5: So my favorite trick that I noticed in all of the above points is to go from the situation of failure to a situation of learning. As quickly as possible, removing blame helps a lot. When there's no blame and shame, failure becomes a learning opportunity right away. Uh, and also I want to mention that it's still a privilege to fail and learn from it. Depending on your standing and your community, you might get a pat on the back or a kick in the butt. So I'm very grateful I'm in this place. I think it's important that we create an inclusive and safe space in which everybody can ask questions, try wrong things, and improve, because that's the way we learn. Always being right means I'm doing or thinking only things that I know already. Boring. Being wrong and having to change my view is awesome because I just learned something and evolved an idea. And I want to close with a suggestion that you are someone's spirit squad. I had a transformation via other people. I don't have it all figured out. It's an ongoing process for me, I still encounter grumpy dinosaur geek parts in my personality every day, uh, but I'm also starting to see more and more ways to build and expand this culture of courage. I think there isn't, there isn't that much great public information,
7: or very easily accessible information that I somehow get into, gets into the mainstream in ways that are fairly unbiased. Um, that And I feel like Germany as a nation is certainly better than most other, like the vast majority of other countries in the world in terms of recognizing um, and being aware of what it means to have internet freedom. Uh, but there's, again, from the same panel discussion uh, last night, there's a great talk about bringing awareness of net neutrality to India, where it was very severely under attack and... Um, This small group of hackers teamed up with a popular uh, troupe of comedians to release a YouTube video. They had two 10-minute-ish videos, which were pretty funny, which got uh, at least like a million views within the first week. Um, And that's the kind of thing, I think in the U.S. it's more complicated because there's a lot of lobbying money and um the media tends to try and adapt we we joke about this with uh, in the scientific community that the media tries to adapt a quote neutral stance which means you're not going to pick sides of the issue and so you lay out quote just the facts and so with something presenting something like, you know, the NSA revelations from that S- Snowden leaked, um, presenting just the facts is not particularly going to present all of the facts, if that makes sense. You're going to lay out, like, here is some somewhat obscure and complicated things that the NSA is doing to spy on you, um, and here is why everyone's considering Snowden as a traitor. And it's a very like they attempt to do an even-handed approach but without really going into more depth on the issue um i feel like like my grandparents are conflicted about whether or not all those leaks were a good idea and they grew up in the hippie generation in San Francisco mm-hmm. um and i, I think that the, the awareness isn't quite there and we don't always realize when we're here at hacker camp that Um, The rest of the world doesn't necessarily see things the way we do. There's a discussion my friend went to on pronouns at the Queer Feminist Geeks tent, Um, which is awesome. I mean, I think people should choose whatever pronouns they feel comfortable with and then convince the rest of the world to go along with that. But that's a hard thing to explain to someone who's never been around those kinds of ideas.
9: I appreciate the opportunity of coming together at camp with perhaps a less depressed and pessimistic look onto the world than we sometimes have when we come together at these events and discuss the very serious issues that we're dealing with, and just having a setting at camp to deal with the same issues, but perhaps in a a more socially friendly and therefore cheerful and positive um, surrounding, to have a bit of an open mind to actually brainstorm in a positive direction what we can can do together and can change so i i i think that for me was sort of the the underlying um theme um things are bad the world is evil but we can do great stuff together and be happy at the same time doing it
1: That was Geraldine Debastian speaking to us from Berlin. I liked it so much. Let me just play that last section one more time so we, we hear her message again.
9: Things are bad. The world is evil. But we can do great stuff together and be happy at the same time doing it.
1: so that does it for this edition of source code berlin if you've enjoyed this episode go to our website sourcecode.berlin or subscribe to our podcast to hear our previous episodes also if you've enjoyed some of the audio of talks today they're all available at media.ccc.de a huge thank you to my guests especially chin Mai, anna waldman brown mitch altman and geraldine Debastian. Music for this episode was by Miami Slice, moldover and Salmo, all published under CCC licenses. That's too many C's. CC licenses. Source Code Berlin is a Wikimedia Deutschland podcast published under a CC BY SA 4.0 license and edited by me. Until next time, I'm Mark Fonseca Rendeiro. Thanks for listening.
2: It's safe trip home, safe, you know, disassembly of the camp, uh, and yeah, enjoy your memories.
3: when you look at countries like India, like I said, uh, nobody has heard of CCC. Mm-hmm. So when I tell them about this, they stare at my face, and I was like, okay. You're going kind to of what <laughs> kind of camp? Yes.
5: And the first feature actually, just to call out here, um, what I'm doing is um, if you don't remember anything else about the presentation, the synth module is very, very carefully and precisely controlling uh, the amount of power going into the coil from moment to moment. Um, This is really, really, really important. Um, Put too much power or get it wrong by a millionth of a second and there's running and screaming.